You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. You're listening to episode number 35 of Living the Dream with Rory O'Malley. If you like the podcast, remember to subscribe, rate, and review, and tell everyone you've ever met. Audition side job, swimming upstream. Believe it or not, you're living the dream. Hello, dreamers. Rory O'Malley here, your host of Living the Dream. Thank you so much for listening. It is a very big day because today is opening night for Hamilton, an American musical in the city of Los Angeles, California. Hamilton officially opens today in La La Land, and I could not be more excited. The city of Los Angeles could not be more excited. Our cast could not be more excited. It is such an exciting day. <laughs> we have Lin-Manuel Miranda coming to the show, and on top of everything, we are going to have a kick-ass party after. <laughs> um, I've heard rumors that this party is going to be really incredible, and uh, Hamilton knows how to throw a party, so it's it's really, really thrilling to get to go to one of those. Um, but it, what better way to celebrate the opening of Hamilton in Los Angeles than talking to Hamilton's very own Jefferson Lafayette, Jordan Donica. Jordan is such a great guy. I have really enjoyed getting to know him. He is from Indiana. He's actually from Indianapolis where my husband grew up and went to the same high school that my husband went to a few years apart. But he is just a great Midwest guy. And um, I really really think that he is a, a wonderful leader in the cast and he is as genuine and nice backstage as he is talented and phenomenal on stage and that to me is the recipe for success in in a career and he's just got he's got he's got a lot of talent and you're going to be hearing a lot about Jordan Donica so here's my conversation with the amazing Jordan Donica hi Jordan hey Welcome to Living the Dream. Thanks. Thanks for having me. This is amazing. This is amazing, yeah. isn't it? I've I've listened to most of most of your episodes, so I didn't realize that. I didn't realize yeah. that you were a listener. Yeah, I've been a lo- I've been a huge fan of yours for a long time, so. Oh, Jordan. Is, stop. Now we seriously. we have um not a similar background but kind of just in the Midwest mm-hmm. sense and we have a lot of crossover because yeah. You went to Ron Colley High School in Indianapolis. I sure did, yeah. And that is where my husband went to high school. Yes. So I started hearing about you when you were in Phantom and your teachers from Ron Colley came to New York. Yes. And I got them tickets to Hamilton and they were like, we're also seeing Phantom. One of our students is in it. And I hadn't met you yet at that point. No, I don't think we had met yet, yeah. But, um... We then we finally met at what, what event was it? I think it was the uh, I think it was the Broadway Flea Market. Okay, so that was you like were, almost a year yeah, ago. Yeah, because we yeah yeah almost a year ago, like in September, I think. I don't know yeah. exactly when that was, but but because uh, I think you were signing at this with Mandy Gonzalez at the same time. Yes, yeah, and we were in the same group. And That's I was right. Like, we sat at that table uh, uh, at the theater that uh, the music box. Yeah, right. And I was like, hey. I know I'm like yeah, but I, you, your husband went to my high school. Just wanted right. to introduce myself and yeah. No, but I had heard all about you. I just didn't. I had never met you, so I yeah. was like, oh my god! And then we took a picture. Yeah. And I'm sure that got spread around Indianapolis. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. Hit the news. They're great over there. I'm sure it hit the news, and I have no idea. I probably never even like knew about it. Well, it certainly hit the Roncalli newsletters. Yeah. Because then, when all of a sudden, fast forward to opening night in San Francisco. Yeah. You got a video of Ron Colley High School giving you a, a welcome video yeah. that was Guns and Ships. Yeah. The show choir the there. The show choir, yeah. Right? And they put together this whole choreographed... Oh my gosh. It was, it was crazy. I was not expecting that at all. I, I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah, Joy Newton. He's great. You, who you met. He's yes. He's one of the teachers yes. that you met. And they included you in that video as well. And it was yeah. just like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, it not was, in my wildest dreams that I imagined that that would happen. Yeah, well, that they would be so supportive of you, and they at the end when they said "Happy Opening, Jordan and Rory." Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. I was like, well, my high school didn't put together yeah, a video listen. for me. So yeah, listen, come on, Cleveland. I've never even been to Ron Colley High School, and yet I feel like I'm a part they of it. They embrace you as though you are a part of they, they definitely do, yeah. and I appreciate it. And um, it's a great place. And I know a lot of people who graduated from there, and yeah. they're good people, yeah. good folks, fantastic. And so, but you know, also just like we're from the Midwest, we and are. I think that does mean that's a very specific thing, yeah. a specific way of growing up. Yeah, absolutely. And I went to school in Ohio as well. Oh, right, Otterbein. So Otterbein. Uh, well, I went to high, college. Excuse me. Right, and so. I went to school with a lot of people from Cleveland, and one of my roommates was from uh, Toledo. So I spent a lot. I've spent a lot of time in Northern Ohio as yeah. well, and yeah. So. so let's go back though to Ron Colley. Were you already when you got to high school involved in the arts? Yeah, I had been involved in the arts since I was uh, well, technically since I was about three or four. Right. But uh, I started doing shows on stage, like at theaters, when I was eight. So I've already been involved in the arts and in, involved in sports. Right. Yeah. And you, that's I, I remember. I remember you telling me this story that when yeah. you were deciding on high school, you were trying to figure out what high school would let you do both sports and yeah. the arts. Yeah. And it was it was really the only um, you know I had a stipulation. Of course, I could go to the public school, which was Lawrence Central, um, or which had which had a great football program and a uh-huh. great arts program um but the two never like never really crossed paths and then or i could go to a private school i had I'd gone to catholic school for a couple years prior to that and um my mom had the stipulation you know if as long as i kept good grades and did right. my job as a student then i could go to catholic high school um and as long so, as you kept up your end of the bargain yes. grades and keep yeah. them going, because then because it's, it's, it's a lot money. of money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it happened that Ron Colley was one of the most affordable uh, private schools in Indianapolis. Um, they also like were really good about like you know if you couldn't pay right away like payment plans and things like that. But aside from that, they were all they never said you couldn't do something. Uh, right. I went to other open houses where it was just like ah well, that'd be kind of hard to. To Swing do. both, yeah. But Ron Collie was like, "We'll make it work." It was never. It was like we've never had. We've never really had crossover like that before. But <laughs> right. we don't have a lot of uh, musical theater enthusiasts who want to be on the football team. Yes, Is that exactly. what you're saying? Yeah, basically. <laughs> but that, another reason that I chose to go there was because of the history of, of football that uh, Ron Collie has. And um, my grandfather was a football coach and athletic director down at Bloomington North High School oh. um, uh, in Bloomington which is where my family is from and grew up. So I kind of wanted to follow in in that in those footsteps, knowing that I wanted as a career to do theater. Your family is from Bloomington. Indiana, yeah. And you didn't go to IU. No, I did not. That was there like any was not. was there any consideration? No. Not. not wow, no. really? There was no I I when I got into high school, I knew that I wanted to go to college out of state. I, yeah. I, uh, because I also lived in Tennessee for eight years, uh-huh. so uh, I knew that I wanted to kind of get out of Indiana. My grandma still lives down there, and my papa, um, and I have other family down there as well. Uh-huh. Um, you know, if I wanted to play basketball, if I wanted to get my master's degree, then I probably would have gone there. But I had no—I wanted to get out of Indiana. Yeah, I wanted to see do other something parts. different. Yeah, so and you so went I went all the way to Ohio. <laughs> so I went three hours. Three hours east. <laughs> well, you know, small steps, baby yeah. steps. And actually, I, I ended up there by accident, really. Uh, How, tell me the story. Um, I was actually in Ashland, Ohio, visiting um, for a football recruiting trip. And um, what position did you play? I was football? a wide receiver. Wow. Yeah, being six foot four, six foot five. Yeah. Two, about 200 pounds. So, oh, my God. Um, I was the center. Really? I played football. Hey. Mm-hmm. All-time center. Listen, uh, that's a great, that's the smartest was, person on the field has to be. Well, okay. Really? I mean, I had to know the calls and I had to, the center is the guy who hikes the ball mm-hmm. under his legs to the quarterback. Yeah. So may, I think the, the quarterback has to be pretty smart. Well, yes, the quarterback has to be smart. But as you, as the levels go, of course the quarterback has to be smart. But uh, 
the center has to do has to be able to do everything that the quarterback does without necessarily they have to be able to communicate without really but backwards and in heels backwards backwards <laughs> and in spikes and yes. with someone's hands under your crotch yeah and while I didn't also mind that yeah. um, <laughs> so <laughs> um, no I mean I I really enjoyed the camaraderie and the team effort yeah. of football I'm so glad that I had that but it it is really intense and actually like I remember going to children's theater classes Mm -hmm. and and teen theater Mm -hmm. and covered in mud because I was at Mm -hmm. football practice well yeah that was and that was that's why I loved Ron Colley so much because I could uh, I didn't do the fall play but I was always like I always helped with the tech side of it so I helped build the sets and and was on the crew and all of that so you know I'd be in football at football practice or and or show choir practice after football practice, uh, so I'd be in f- at football practice from three thirty to seven, right? And then change and walk over to tech or walk over to show choir and right. have a rehearsal and be there until ten and then drive home, right? And I lived forty five minutes north of of, uh, oh, of yeah. I lived on the north side, so right. Um, but wow. it, it never like was a burden. It would never. I would loved my time there. It was very fulfilling and very satisfying. And I was going to continue playing football through college and see where it took me, uh, because I was able to become better at it. It was something right. that what didn't necessarily come natural uh-huh. for me, and it helped teach me how to better myself in theater as well. Um, and it gave me a, a better work ethic. But then I hurt myself in a basketball game my junior year and. As I was visiting Ashland, Ashland my senior year, it became clearer to me that my injury would probably keep me from playing football. Yeah. I could probably continue, but I would not really be able to walk or dance anymore if oh. I did. So when I was driving back from Ashland with my Aunt Kathy, um, my Aunt Kim, who lives in Columbus, called. Like, literally, we were driving back, and she was like, hey, like, have you considered Otterbein? And I was like, I've never heard of I've never heard of that place. And I think this, <laughs> I think this was my junior year. Yeah, this was my junior year, the end of my junior year, um, going into my senior year. And I was like, I mean, eh, I don't really want to stop. I really just want to go home and veg. Right. Because we had spent two days in northern Ohio. And so um, so we called Otterbein on the way down. It's about a three-hour drive. And they were like, yeah, please stop by. And so um, we stopped and we went in the next day, like we were able to set up an appointment that quickly. And I thought we were just meeting with the dean of, or the head of the theater department, and that was that. And we get there, and it's a, and it's raining, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be here at all. And I, we met with the the head of the department, Dr. John Stefano. We talked with him for uh, like an hour, and then I had a tour, and then. It was like a full day. It turned into a tour, lunch, and then I sat in on an acting class. And it was the most... I learned way more in that three hours of an acting class that I could put to words of things. I was like, oh, like, I do that. Oh, that's how you explain that. Like, right. oh my gosh, like, that's something I've never seen before, but I've always wondered how one executes something like that. Right. And it was a Shakespeare class. And uh, from that moment on, I was like, okay, if I don't, if I don't get into this program... No matter if I get into other programs, I will probably go play football somewhere and get a BA in theater and then mm-hmm. see where life takes me. But luckily I got in and here we are. Wow. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. So you weren't you you weren't you weren't making this huge search for all the different theater schools. No. It just it kind of found you. Yeah, I mean I had my freshman year of high school I was really keen on going to Milliken in Illinois, uh-huh. uh, and I visited there a few times, and that was kind of going to be the place that I was going to go. Um, and then I brought in my search to. Then when I, I took my sophomore year of high school off from the college search, and then when I got better at football, I was like that opened up a lot of bigger colleges. I was thinking maybe Northwestern, maybe Boise State, right. To play football and get a BA or something, and and then I got injured, and I just kind of was like, I don't know, because I re- I never really had an interest in going to Michigan or Cincinnati or Carnegie Mellon. Yeah. Not because those those are all great programs, but I I 
Well, like I went to a smaller high school. I went yeah. to a smaller middle school. I kind of don't, I, I shut down in large crowds of people. So I wanted to be able to really have a close student teacher connection. Sure. Um, if I was going to pursue theater uh, as a BFA. Yeah. And then Otterbein kind of, my aunt, like I said, my aunt Kim, who lives in Columbus, called and was like, you should check this place out. And so I Googled it. We called. I wasn't necessarily keen. And then I sat in on that acting class and it changed my world. Wow. It changed. I was like, if I go some, if I do get a BFA, it has to be from this place. And if I, if I, even if I get in, which I did, I got in, I, everywhere I, I only auditioned at three schools Mm. and I got into all three, but had I not gotten into Otterbein, I probably wouldn't have gone to the other two. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just, that's how strongly I felt about Otterbein's program. I was just like, there, this is, this is for me what I, this is what I need. Wow. So, so then, so, so then you go and you're there for four years yeah. of, uh, was it an intense program or yeah, was it? Very intense. Wow. It's a conservatory program within a liberal arts university. Uh-huh. So you basically, you're in theater classes all day, every day, except you, you take one non-theater class. Uh-huh. Um, and so I, and the, the, it all culminates in the second half of your senior year, uh, as a performance major, Every every major every BFA major does this, but uh, as a performance major, it happens in the second half of your senior year. You go on an internship, uh-huh. and you can go to New York, you can go to Chicago, you can go to you can go wherever you want, really. And um, Otterbein has a lot of connections that a lot of people don't really know about because it's such a small university. Um, but most people end up at all the major casting offices in really? New York. There are people at Telsey, Tara Rubin, uh-huh. Jay Bender. Carnahan, um, every from that program, Michael it's Cassera. like a little. Yeah, they sometimes they call Carnegie Mellon a mafia. They have yes. like a little undercover mafia yes. of Otterbein. Yeah, yeah, we call it like the neighborhood, like the Otterbein neighborhood. The neighbor. Oh, that's yeah. so much more Ohio and friendly. Yeah, yeah. it's better than mafia. Yeah, because because Otter, <laughs> Otterbein's called like the quiet, peaceful village. So, oh, I so see. they they there's and most people who live in New York from Otterbein live in the Upper West Side and up. So really, they yeah. even have like. Up the place that they oh, live. Oh yeah, like they're like where I lived, uh, in Washington Heights. I had friends that all of my friends, and even people that I was friends with who had graduated before me, lived within a two block radius of me. Right. And so it was just like, right. It's great. Yeah. Well, one of the, one of the best parts of going to a school and making that move to New York City is that you're you're with your group of people exactly you know that you're that you're able to make that transition with other people who it's just as scary yeah too and that you can support each other yeah in your fear yeah um but <laughs> we're not talking about something that happened like 10 years ago this was yeah. what yesterday yeah. you moved to new york like yeah <laughs> this is a very this is i have i have to admit like i have been kind of talking to people in the order of how much time they've had outside of school and in the world because I've been trying to wrap my head around what your experience and people who were literally left college to come work on this show everyone is so much younger than Mm -hmm. I am and don't shake your head yes say that's not true no age (laughs) is just a number (laughs) I mean look I know that you know at 36, it sounds like it's so old to so many people in this into this company. And in, in truth, like I, I'm proud of the fact that what it sounds like to everybody is that I've had a lot of experience in yeah. the business, yeah. and that's that's great. And mm-hmm. I can't believe that that's true. I'm mm-hmm. glad I'm still kicking, still yeah. around, um, <laughs> still around, still around. Uh, yeah, you got a long like listen. <laughs> but no, it's 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 been something that I'm how do I approach conversations with people about the business mm-hmm. who have just started yeah and you have accomplished so much that a lot of people who just came into into the show and this is their first big thing yeah but you have already been on Broadway you've already worked in a regional theater mm-hmm. talk to me just about what your experiences was when you left college yeah. and so something that I have I was always growing up until high school, really. I was always kind of like I was always the kid who 
would audition for everything in the community, uh-huh. even if I wasn't right for it, just because I wanted to be a part of right. that show. And nine times out of ten, I wouldn't get that job. But the director would always be like, but do you want to like work as a stage manager, as a props person, as a costume person? And I was like, yes, yes, because I want to learn. I want to watch how this all works. Right. And then by the time I got to high school, I said... I like I made the goal of myself of knowing where I wanted to go to college. It's kind of like four-year goals. When I got to Otterbein, I told myself I wanted to put myself into a position to be in Phantom of the Opera as quickly as possible. Wait, that specific? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Ever since I was little, really, because I saw Phantom when I was nine. Yeah. And that was when I, because I started doing theater, and I always had, I was always the kid who was like, oh, I could do that. For the Welch's Grape Juice kids, or the Oscar Mayer Wieners kids. Sure. I was like, oh, I could do that. Like, why don't I do that? Like, I, I could Oscar Mayer, Phantom. Yeah, O-S-C-A, yeah, yeah. <laughs> B-O-L-O-G-N-A. Listen, like, wow. I could have I done that so well, you know? There's but, still time. Listen, You're young enough. <laughs> uh, and I was always like, and I remember asking my mom once why I wasn't a Gerber baby. And I was just like, why wasn't I a Gerber baby? Like, am I not, you know? And so then when I saw Phantom for the first time, it was touring through Indianapolis and I was nine. I was with my cousin. And the dressing room scene happened, and the Phantom's booming voice came on, and I said, "I want to do that." Wow! I want to. I want to I do that. And then I started taking voice lessons when I was twelve, and I was classically trained in art songs and opera. And um, and then Otterbein's a very strong acting and dancing program, as well as vocal training program. And so I chose to go there and. Everything happens for a reason because my freshman year, I we had a freshman showcase and I met this uh, our provost at the time. Her name was Victoria McGillan. Uh-huh. She came up to me afterwards and she was like, "You remind me of my cousin." And I've had people say before, like, "Oh, like you remind me of such and yeah. such." And I was like, "Oh, thank you very much. That's so nice of you." She was like, "Yeah, my cousin's Howard McGillan." And I was like, "I had a minor heart attack because yeah. Howard McGillan." for some people who don't know, is the longest-running Phantom in Broadway history. Right. He's six foot four, with the same height. Wow. Uh, apparently, we sound very similar. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was one of the... He and Brian Stokes Mitchell were two artists that I looked to growing up to be like, oh, like if you are tall, you can succeed, because I had this stigma about being tall. <laughs> and uh, so his cousin worked at my university, and I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. And so she put us in contact, and we would talk, and... He would give me advice, and I just trained. And uh, then I went out to Utah Shakespeare Festival. Once uh, you got out of school or no, during? this was the summer of 2015. Still in college. So, yeah, this was between my... <laughs> this, yeah, this was, this was the summer in between my junior and senior year of okay. college. Because I said, after my freshman year, I said, I'm, if, if I'm not in school, I want to be working in theater. I want to be making a living in theater. Right. I took away the safety net of... Of I'll just go home and get a job and like save up for New York. I it was like, if I make money, I'll save it for New York from mm-hmm. theater. Uh, so I had worked the winter prior in Jesus Christ Superstar at a regional theater in between the two semesters. And then I had worked the summer before at Otterbein Summer Theater. And now I got the opportunity to go to Utah. And that was a, the, one of the best experiences of my life. Yeah. And that's where I met uh, my agents. And... I auditioned for them, and then I did a couple freelance auditions my senior year before moving to New York. Um, it was the fall. It was fall of 2015, and I auditioned. So before you finished your senior year, you had agents that you were working with. Yeah. yeah. And did you were you worried about that at all? I mean, no. that's 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 great. Yeah. And I would say if anybody you know like go for it, yeah. work with anybody who wants to work with you, and yeah. you know as long as they're legit you know yeah. it's great but some people might be like wait i want to you know play the field a little bit yeah. when i get out there but you were like these people want to work with me let's yeah, do it yeah it was most it was because i had worked with someone um aaron galligan Steerl in utah and he has he's, he had done phantom and he had done a few other broadway shows i know him yeah he yeah to shannon uh what's your last name i forget her last name but uh, that's okay shannon andrews i think was her is her maiden name but okay um but yeah, he's... yeah, we did. We did um, Lost Colony. Hey, he's in great. North Carolina. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I, he was at Utah, and he, that's why those that agency came out. I see. And so they had auditions, and so I knew. They had auditions. Yeah. So at Utah, there's a great program called Reach. Called it's it stands for Really Eager Artists Crying Higher. <laughs> and, and and so we do we raise money through various fundraising events um it's something that the festival supports but it's completely run by the actors and we reach out to various casting directors and agents wow and it's like a showcase that yeah. the actors put yes and we pay we pay for them to fly out we pay for their flight we put them up and uh we pay for them to see all of the nine shows sure. happening in rep and then in return for them having right. an audition workshop. Yeah, yeah. So like Michael Cassera came out, Jay Bender came out, wow. um, a ton of people came out and uh, my, my, the agents that I'm with were one of them. Wow. And um, so yeah, I, so I knew I had met them from, from there and we really vibed well. Um, uh, it was Danny Prather who, who isn't there anymore. He has his own agency now, but he brought me into the office and I met the whole team right. and how did you feel doing that? Like you're still in school yeah. and you're not prepared. I mean, no. to go walk into a, fir, uh, you know, an agency. Yeah. You, nothing can really prepare you for that no. until you do it. Exactly. It's a very specific yeah. thing. How did you feel going into that room? Um, nervous, but also like just excited yeah. at the possibility of meeting these agents. And then I walked in and saw everything that they've worked on and, I, I treated it like I treated going to these colleges. Yeah. You know, I had the same set of questions that I asked when I was interviewing at colleges. Because the thing I learned when you interview at because I also had to interview for high school. And so I, what I learned is you always want to, even though you're being interviewed, you want to have as many questions as the interviewer has for you. Sure. So, um, so I had a slew of questions for them. They had a slew of questions for me that I wasn't necessarily prepared for, but um, was honest about. And I told them what my goals are, and and it was just that thing of like, okay, well, like we'll we'll like we're not going to sign you, but maybe we'll send you out for a couple auditions and see how that goes. Right. Like, and that's usually what happened. And I was like, okay, so cool. I'm because they were like, we don't really, we're not really keen on signing you because you're still in school. And I was like, yeah. I totally understand. I told them I was moving there for internship at the end of December, and um, so they're like, "So, like, we'll we'll think about it more then if things go well." And then I was like, "Okay," and I just kind of forgot about it. And uh, a couple weeks later, a different agents agency came to Otterbein to watch our showcase, like and like give us critiques and everything. And then, um, like a week after that, I got a call from both that person and the agents that I had met with from Utah right. um, for the same exact audition. Hmm. Uh, and it was for Les Mis, uh, uh, for Andre Ross. Sure. And it was in like November or something. And I was like, well, I got to go with the people that I met first, first and have had meetings with. So I went with them and I flew out to New York. I, I told my professors and they were like, cool, like you'll just miss a day of classes and we'll call it a day. So I flew out to New York um, it was like a Friday audition. Mm -hmm. I auditioned. No, it was Monday. Uh, I auditioned, and they were like, can you come back tomorrow? And I was like, uh -huh. oh, sure. I was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, And so I called my professors, and I was like, so I have a call back tomorrow. Like, they're like, That's, don't worry about it. Right. And um, I went in, did the material again, and uh, it went really well. And... Then I was on my way back to the airport, and um, I, the the agency called me, and they were like, "We got your feedback. Like, it's not going. Unfortunately, it's not going to work out this time. But everyone loved you. Like, that's all we want. Whenever we like, when we're introducing people to you, is we just want good feedback. And yeah. So great job. Yeah. And then they called a month later, and they're like, "We want to sign you." So I was like, "Okay." And um, so I'd sign with them. I start. I moved to New York the day after Christmas in 2015. Mm -hmm. Started my internship. I was a secretary, personal assistant for a woman named Jan Newcomb at um, New York Institute of Technology um, in her master's program in um, theater leadership, leadership in the arts. So okay. basically, if you wanted to like start uh, a theater program right. or, or a, 
a new company. Uh, sure, a nonprofit theater. Yes, company. exactly. You could. These are the tools that you need. If you so that's a, that's a part of your school, and that was your second. I was half my second. Of your that was year. the second half of my senior so year. So it was like the, and that was for the whole semester. Whole so you semester. were gonna. So you were done with Otterbein, and you're out in New York. Basically, yeah. Wow. And I technically had not graduated yet. I wasn't graduating until May, uh-huh. and we still had showcase still. Right. That I was going to do as well. Right. But, but like, you already had an agent. Already had an agent. So I was, so um, I got called in to audition for Phantom um, for the tour for uh, an ensemble role into understudy. And it was the same producer, uh, Seth Scarhane, who I had met when I auditioned for Les Mis. Right. And so I went in and it was just like one long day of auditions and callbacks. And I thought it, it went really well. And then a week later, um, my agent called and he was like uh this was like the end of january and he was like so it's not gonna work out this time because they want you to play the role of Rao, but it's not available right so and i was like i would sweep the stage i literally was like i would Uh, i don't care like i don't need to back to seeing it in indianapolis oh my gosh yeah i was just like i don't care if i'm the role or not like i'll be i will be on the tech crew like like it doesn't matter like i just to be a part of it would be really cool but um and then I, you know, auditioned for, I had probably had like three or four auditions every week from then on out. Uh, I had booked a t- uh, film thing, but then it fell through. Um, and and while just, you're doing this internship yes. during the day, so is the woman who has the internship, is she like, uh, what's what's going on? Yeah, so like, that was part of why I chose to do that, because she, she was very supportive, and right. she was just like... Listen, like if you, whenever you need to go, just let me know. And then, so it would be the sort of thing where I would go in the morning, be there for a couple hours, right? Go grab lunch, go to the audition, and then uh, come back, right? Afterwards, so like I'd be gone for an hour or two, and then come back and finish out the day. That's great. And in that process, she, I learned so much about the business side of theater, which is something you don't yeah. really get in school. No. So I learned a lot about what kind of money goes into producing something right the spreadsheets uh, I worked on a lot of spreadsheets and um, just like like creating a budget for something and that was something I never understood how to do and I learned a lot in that way and then I I probably had like 40 to 50 auditions and callbacks from January to March and that's a lot yeah it was a lot like that's if you lot. include the callbacks with the auditions, yeah, that's that's yeah, so, an so, insane amount. Yeah, so it it was that thing of like I would always make it to like the final callback, but I I didn't know exactly how to then get yeah. that get the job, and so then <laughs> yeah, so so I was, I was like Jordan, oh. you don't know how to get the job. It was like two months. Of I know, auditions. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but 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 in all honesty, too, I had saved up and, and um, I'd given myself a bit of a net, so like I had three months. To not have a job in New York City, uh-huh. and to do because the, the internship is unpaid. Sure. So I had three months of doing this internship, auditioning, without having an income mm-hmm. that I had saved up for that my family was helping me out with. Sure. Before I had to then, okay, figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my plan was to go back to Utah or like do summer stock somewhere else because I, right. I was like I would rather do that than stay in New York and wait tables or be a bartender which yeah. is totally valid um, but it's just not for me and so I uh, I booked I actually booked a job at Music Theater of Wichita and then I was called in and then Utah Shakes called for me to come back that summer and then I was called in to audition for Phantom again Okay, but this time for the Broadway show right and so I was like, okay, yeah. There's a spot for Raul. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah. And it was funny because I had just the week before gone to see the show. <laughs> I'd gone to see the show with my girlfriend at the time. Uh-huh. And and it's my favorite show. And afterwards I was like, okay, like I can't see this anymore because like it just it makes me so emotional because I love that story so much. I was like, until I'm in it one day, yeah. whenever that day is, I can't see it anymore. Um and then I got a call the next week, and I went in and audition, auditioned and went through that process. It's probably like a month-long process from start to end. Right. And um, in that time period, also a showcase happened, and it was great, and we celebrated as a class. And and then I got a call like a week after showcase about Phantom, and 
past yeah. is, is uh, well, kind of history. I mean, yeah, it's, well, so, not, it's recent history. Yeah, I mean, yeah so that was, that, was, that was just, yeah, that was uh, May of 2016. Right. So and just I, over a year ago. Yeah. So you were just, you were like graduating when you got yeah, I Your graduated show. technically graduation was like May th- May 15th or something right. and I found out like the week before. Right. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Now, I, obviously it's exciting and it's fun. Mm-hmm. And what the thing for me is that you know like I've talked about this many times, I didn't really work for the first few years, mm-hmm. especially not for money. Yeah. But I I also look at that period of time as as like I'm grateful that I didn't have to be good mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm grateful that there wasn't any kind of pressure mm-hmm. professionally because yeah. I didn't, I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. You are like, I'm the, I have no, you know, I've seen you perform. I've seen who you are as a person and I don't have any question about that mm-hmm. personally. Yeah. But what does that feel like to you? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like to, to be a part of, uh, any Broadway show, and mm-hmm. we'll go into more of what Hamilton is specifically, but I think like you're stepping into a Broadway show that you love, which I love too, by the way. I did my <laughs> fifth fifth grade report on Phantom of the Opera. Um, I can't really imagine what that would feel like at mm-hmm. that time. Can you kind of walk us through like going into rehearsals? and? Yeah, it was. it was that thing of I literally felt... Sincerely, this sounds like so cliche, but sincerely, when I stepped into the rehearsal room, and not just the rehearsal room, but like these auditions, like meeting David Caddick and Kristen Blodgett and David Lai and Seth again, meeting all of these people, I was just, I was just thankful to be, to have this opportunity. And then when I got the job and stepped into the rehearsal room with Ali for music that first day, I have never felt more prepared for something in my life. Sure. I was like, this is, this is why I started voice lessons when I was 11, yeah. 12 years old. This is, this is why I chose to go to Otter Mine. You know, there, there were ups and downs through all of those moments. And I know I'm young, but that, like, this moment was why I prepared so much for this moment that I was, I was so ready for it. Right. I was so, um, and because of that, I was able to have so much fun. I wasn't like racking my brain. Now, also, I was sweating. I was so I was like so excited that I was sweating and I couldn't stop sweating and I was so hot. My, when I got the call, my face like I had to go on a walk because I was playing Xbox and I just couldn't stop sweating because I was so hot with excitement. Yeah, and it was just exploratory. It was it was everything that I could have dreamed of it being, and then some. Right. And then, you know, meeting Hal and what he, hearing what he had to say and Hal why. Prince. Yeah, Hal Prince. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. That's all right. You know, first name basis. That's all good. Yeah, yeah. Meet, Hal Prince. Meeting, you know, like he, he, he. The Prince of Broadway. Literally, if without him, we. Most of what we know as Broadway wouldn't be. Absolutely. And, and so just being in his presence and hearing. The enthusiasm that he still carries for the show, I think that's one of the main reasons why the show is still alive and very well, because he has not stopped loving it and nurturing it Caring and for it. leaving room for expression of new artists for right. it. Um, and, you know, being, being Ali and I were the first two people of color to play these roles on Broadway, at wow. least. So it was to be Raoul and Christine, respectively. So, like, that was something that felt really good and I was proud of. Um, you, was it that you were the first two people of color to ever play it or to play it? No, at to, the ever same play, time? to ever play Christine or Raoul on Broadway. I think ever? She's, ever. Oh my she God. was the first, as far as I, as far as I know, she, uh, she was the first Asian Christine. Right. And I was the first uh, black Raoul. Wow. Yeah. I knew, I thought there were, I knew there was something like that, but I didn't realize that yeah. it was just. Yeah. I thought maybe it was at the same time. Or, yeah, it was. Wow. It was, and and but but and I'll be honest with you, like it was never a subject that in the was like was a big deal, right? Which I love too, because yeah. all the only thing, the only time it was ever brought up was 
how when we met the first time, he he just patted me on the shoulder and he's like, hey, you look like Rao to me. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, thank you. Like, thank you. Like, yeah. that, that's all I needed and that's all like really needed to be said. And, and Allie and I, I just I love her to death. And I've learned so much from her because she's a Broadway veteran as well. Yeah, she's yeah. She's done Les Mis and Fantastics mm-hmm. and King and I. And, yeah. And so, I worked with her as well. She's I, she's wonderful. She's amazing. And so, and so I learned from her as well in that moment. It was just a huge learning experience. And funny enough, it's also where I met my manager, um, David Lai, mm-hmm. who... Another story about fandom. When I was younger, the first time I saw it in New York, I was sitting behind, first row behind the conductor, and I sneezed, and I was mortified. I was probably like 13 years old, 14 years old, and I was just mortified. I was like, that you sneezed that during sneezed the show? In the middle of the show, because, you know, the conductor's like right there, and sure. he's doing his thing. And he didn't miss a beat, didn't stop conducting, just turned around and said, God bless you. He did? Yes. And cut to my first day of rehearsal, and it's with this man. No. David Lai. And I didn't tell him that for a while because I didn't want to. I didn't want to be like, oh, like yeah. that makes me feel old. But I was just like, wow, who I could I could not have dreamed that this would be, this would be right. happening. Half of your job is just trying to not make us feel old, isn't it? Jordan? Yeah. Well, see, and I also never, I also never brought up my age. I right. was, I was very. I didn't want to. I didn't want that to be a thing, uh, but Allie always sure <laughs> Allie was always like hmm Mr. Young went over here blah 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 and, yeah yeah and everyone in the building once no one it took like a month but then once everyone knew how young I was cause I I didn't want that to be like you know well you look young but you're also so tall it's yeah. not like you're you know you're baby faced in, in one way but not yeah. but not really yeah so I and I didn't want I didn't want that to be a you're thing. a wide receiver I'm a wide receiver listen <laughs> I run fast I catch balls yeah, um, but, but no, yeah. you don't want it to be a thing. But it's it's, but I mean it, it's it's a it's an impressive thing and it's an amazing thing. And mm-hmm. I think that you know, as somebody who was, knew I was coming into a cast of like all really young people, mm-hmm. I had a fear of my own. Like, oh God, are these people? How professional is everyone going to be? Mm-hmm. Clearly, everyone I knew everyone would be talented. You mm-hmm. find talented people and can be young, but. If it's your first experience working on a show, of course, yeah. how do you do? You know how to be a professional, yeah. and do you know how to do a long run? And yeah. and also, do you know how wonderful it is to be a part of Hamilton? Mm-hmm. Do you know how wonderful it is to be in a Broadway show? Yeah. And with with there's without a doubt total gratitude and total professionalism within yeah. this company from. Everyone, yeah, pr- more than me. I'm the least professional. <laughs> oh, please. I am. I, I feel like it's taken months for people to screw around with me backstage. I have been like from the get go because I was in, you know, a year yeah. or so um, in yeah, already. You were in it when we met. Yeah, like yeah. I had already been doing the show for over a year by the time we get to San Francisco. And everyone's at their places like five minutes before their entrance, you know, and being very quiet and focused on what's happening on stage. And I'm like, hey, we're, I used to have buddies in this show, you know, backstage. Just chilling in your underwear. Yeah. Yeah. But now, you know, hey, everyone's a little more relaxed. Everyone's, you know, everyone's very professional at all times. But But it's, I was so impressed with the professionalism and the gratitude and the excitement and the energy. And I think that you are a leader of that with, within the group of people who are just starting their careers. Well, I, 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 one, I very much appreciate that. It's something that I was, I was shocked because I felt honest in all honesty. I've, uh, and I've talked with my roommates about this, uh, but very quickly I went from being the new guy at Phantom because I, I'd done Phantom and then I did a workshop of a show that's coming to Broadway next year. And that was like a pretty big thing, but I was also like that was another situation where I, I'm I'm a newbie, and right. this is a, this is a big secretive lab workshop thing. And then I had done a, a concert with Michael Feinstein, that was very last minute, uh, and so to me, I'm still really new at this. And then and, and, all, yes, and, then, and then and then all of a sudden, yeah. we start Hamilton, yeah. and I find out like. 
there are people who are even more new at this than I am. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, wow, like this is a different, this is a totally different You're experience You're like middle-aged around yeah. here, but Yeah, listen, I'm... I'm <laughs> comes at you quick. Seasoned. Look, you will, um, you'll have this recording one day when you're 36 years old, my age, and you'll be like, how you feel right now about what 36 is. I swear to God, I was your age a second ago. And, I, and, and like I had your kind of like perspective on the business mm-hmm. a second ago. Yeah. I mean, I had a very different experience right out of college, mm-hmm. but you know, that, that there's... Um, I don't want to call myself bitter or like worn down because I don't mm-hmm. think that I am, but I've certainly hit wow. some brick walls. I've certainly hit, you know, had some harder times and I've been able to have some great times and wonderful things. Yeah. And that's why I'm so grateful for uh, something like Hamilton coming along now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, I think that everyone in this, this group has, shown that they appreciate it and have gratitude for it in a way that makes me so thrilled and it's continued yeah. and will only continue I know as we get to Los Angeles and go to different cities Absolutely. but um, that's something that I think comes from who you are as a person I appreciate that it's it's a skill it's a, it's, it's that Midwest thing you know yeah it's it's uh, because like I I yeah I mean I Again, to me, I'm always like learning and learning in a not just like as an actor, but directing and producing is something that I want to do with my life as well. And so to go from being in Phantom, Mm -hmm. which is arguably the most popular show of all time. Yeah. It's in its 30th year now on Broadway. And now then and to see how that works to go into the hottest show of the century of the of this century. Yeah. And to add its genesis, basically, it's only been around for two years, three years, mm-hmm. and to be in the first West Coast company of that, with all of these people, yourself included, that I've looked up to for so long, um, so long, so long, decades, just, just, just <laughs> so long. No, uh, but like to to be in this show with 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 you guys is, and to see how you, how you approach your work. Someone like Isaiah and Emmy and Michael and right. everybody approaches their work, and how the stage managers approach their work, and yeah. how the creative team approaches it, because this is a, something that will hopefully run for a long time. Right. And so, to, so to see at Phantom what it takes, with the ease of which it takes for them to run it over there, yeah, and then to be a part of something so new that's trying to figure out those things, it's been such a fascinating experience yeah and to be like a small part of that has been well so you are someone who has clearly wanted to learn and experience everything not just one thing yeah. and i think that's totally benefited you from being somebody who's like i'm not going to give up my high school experience of football i want to be a part of show choir mm-hmm. And be the wide receiver mm-hmm. and not settle for anything less. Yeah. To go to a school and say that you want to be a part of the music department and part of theater and say, I'm going to go do an internship f- and learn about the business. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have just gone to casting office or just tried to have more of, you know, connections as an actor, but mm-hmm. you decided to have more of an overall understanding of what the business was. Mm-hmm. And to be able to go to a, you know, Utah Shakespeare Festival and oh and gosh. and you know have you want to have a a, a wide variety of experience yeah. in this industry and you will clearly you're getting a lot right off the bat I will say it's bit I I it's something that I I'm always constantly surprised and very thankful for and I think that's part of part of what keeps me very humble and thankful is the amount of surprise that like not even I foresee a lot of things that happened. The only thing that I for sure was like, like I said with Phantom, like that was the only thing that I was like, yeah, this like, will happen. This is this is gonna happen. Wow. Since then, everything else, since I started working with my manager and with my my agency combined, things have just kind of snowballed, and it's that thing right. of just hang on for the ride and always stay humble and stay kind. And yeah. don't forget where you come from. Right. Because that's the most important thing. And uh, 
to share the love because we all need it. Yeah. The world needs it. Um, because there have been times, I will say, like, where I, where I think about, like, do I deserve to be here? Like, what am I doing to make the world a better place when there's so much turmoil happening everywhere, not just here? Um, and then you go out the stage door and you meet these people who this this show has changed their life or yeah. or something of, of that nature. And, and then I remember the nine-year-old kid who saw Phantom. That changed. Right. That put me in where I am right now. Absolutely. And who met Ted Neely back in the day and how oh, much yeah. that changed my life. And and then I'm like, that's why I do what I do. Yeah. To, pay, to give some little kid, one person, it doesn't have to be a little kid, but to give one person that life-changing experience. Well, and specifically for you to be a part of this show. I mean, when you've talked to kids who come to the Eduham, mm-hmm. who they're one of their number one things is to say that their, their comments afterwards are, I can't believe that Thomas Jefferson looked like me mm-hmm. to, to have someone of color playing these parts mm-hmm. and for you to have been playing Raul mm-hmm. and to have that, like, can you imagine if you were nine and you saw, a black man playing Raul, you know, you would have been like, this is definitely for me, you know, yeah. even it is, you know, as even though you never had any doubt that you were going to be in that show. Mm-hmm. And that's a testament to like who you are and, and who your family is. And like your dreams are coming true no matter what it's you being that is making is breaking boundaries. And, you know, for even for kids who don't have that kind of support, yeah, whose dreams aren't weren't as big as yours, yeah, they're becoming bigger because yeah. of you. Yeah, that's that's I can't even like that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's um, yeah, that's amazing. That's the point of it all. I think that's to, and it doesn't necessarily matter if if it if it's, if it's even theater, mm-hmm. whatever your dream is, like just because you haven't. My, I always want to tell to people just because you haven't seen someone like you doing something that you want to do doesn't mean you can't do it. Right. So if you're the first, you're the first. And you're opening that door. You don't want to just open it. You want to tear it down. So it's, anybody can right. Anybody can walk through that door. Right. Um, uh, so I have a, one more question before yeah. we finish up here. You have... Uh, and I think everyone who's been listening to this would agree you have a real calm and uh, confident way about you, very peaceful. And when you go on that stage, you have to be Jefferson Lafayette. Yeah. Which, by the way, my cousins who you met last yes. night, remember they made you take one? I was mortified. My cousins came. They had never seen uh, Hamilton or listened to it. Wow, they, they never listened. They to never it. listened to That's it. Impressive. They asked me before. These are my um, my cousins from Ohio who are a, a sophomore in high school and eighth grader, and um, they asked me before the show if I had a solo. And they were like, "How will we know if you? It's you when you come out." I was like, "You'll know." <laughs> I mean, that's it's pretty clear. Yeah. Not only do you get so you get the whole I mean, come on. Yeah. But you know, like that's how little they knew yeah. of the show. Yeah. And afterwards they were so obsessed with you and with um Matheny and yeah. just like all the boys, of course. <laughs> but um you took pictures with them one, one by, by one. one. Yes. But they were enamored with the your character, um, with Jefferson and Lafayette. And it's these are huge, huge, huge role Mm -hmm. both of them yeah and um how 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 are you able to fill those roles with the the kind of bigness and and energy and you know um so something something that's always been kind of like my and i know there's a lot of different schools of thought on this especially depending on what medium you're in tv and film theater dancing, whatever it is. Um, my goal whenever I step on stage is to be me, but to especially the, the biggest compliment I can get from someone is from someone who knows me who's like, I totally just forgot that that was you. Yeah. Because that's, you know, we're acting and yes, part of us is up there. Like it's a shade of Jordan, but I'm just this guy who really just wants to sit at home and play Xbox 
and I eat a hamburger mm-hmm. and hang out with my friends and go to a movie by myself. Right. And um, it takes a lot of energy to step on stage. But then when you get on stage, you can be someone that you're that a lot of times in the world tells you you're not allowed to be. Right. Um, so a lot of what I do on stage is a culmination of people, versions of myself that I was at one point in time told I couldn't be. Hmm. But then when you step on stage, you can be that. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, you're brilliant. Yeah. Like, I'm just being a different shade of me and um, that I've not been able to express. And so I think that's where a lot of that energy comes from. Right. Um, and it literally reminds me of, it's playing. It's, it's a play. It, I would, it reminds me of playing. It's no different than playing Power Rangers as a little kid. Right. You know, and... And, um, That's great. I'd like to see some yeah. of those moves then. Of yeah. Those Power Rangers listen, moves. Listen, like, Power Rangers, I, was also, I would also fight my... One person lightsaber duels are the thing. Oh. Yes, I had... Wow. I had four li- lightsabers. You, know, <laughs> you, you fight yourself with a lightsaber. With two? Like one in each hand or what? Oh, uh, no. Like, you, like you're one person for a while, then you set it down. and It's like basically okay. filming a movie where you're fighting yourself. One shot at a time. Yes, one shot at a okay. time. And I also used to play basketball against myself too. Wow. I would create scenarios in my head. That's how like, tall you are. 50 seconds to win the game. Like, <laughs> can you, you do it? You are 6'4? Yeah, 6'4 and 3 quarters. And what about with your hair? Oh my gosh, I don't even know. We probably. need to measure that. Yeah, probably. Because that really does make a huge difference. Because yeah. your hair has been growing since we started rehearsals or since you like found since, out you had the part? Since we started rehearsals. Uh, actually, technically, since I found out I got the part. Right. Because I found out um, the day before Christmas. And I was still at Phantom. I was actually supposed to be at Phantom through April, but they were kind enough to allow me to leave. That's very nice. Yeah, they're amazing, amazing. That's great. And um, and so I, from that point on, I have been growing it out. I got wow. it trimmed up a couple weeks ago, yeah. just to shape it up and everything. But it's kind of been the measure of how many shows we've done, yeah. knowing how big your hair was getting. Yeah, yeah. Which is great. Yeah, your hair is amazing. Thanks. Um, I, ha- I lied. I have one more thing I want to talk about. Yes. Because it's unique. You are not on social media. No. You are a young American who has grown up surrounded by social media and is an actor. Yeah. You are, and you have chosen to not be on social media. Are yeah. you on any social media? I, I have a Facebook. I have a personal Facebook page and then I have a professional Facebook page. Okay. The only reason that I created a professional Facebook page was because to my agents and managers... Uh, suggestion, sure, and I totally get it. I, t- I do. I also never post on it. Right. Um, I should, but I just don't. And I didn't have a Facebook for about three years, and then my senior year of college, I got rid of my Facebook at the end of high school, basically, and my grandma got Facebook, and so my <laughs> my this is sound this. Is, yeah, so my main grandma impetus, got Facebook. Grandma and you got didn't Facebook, have it. and then I got rid of it. So then my main impetus for getting it back, and I created a whole new one. Um, was so that people in my family could like see what I was right. up to. But even then, I don't really post photos. I do occasionally, mm-hmm. but uh, most of the things that like I'm tagged in are things that other people have taken sure. or post to other people. But made. no Twitter, but, no Instagram. No, I don't do Twitter or Instagram. I tried Twitter once in high school, and I was like, this is awful. <laughs> so is it... Is it um, because you don't like doing it or you don't believe in it? Like, what are your thoughts about it? Are they just not that deep and yeah. you just don't want I mean, I think it's a little bit of all of those things. Sure. Um, I'm not very good at it, whatever that means. I also know that it would, if I did do it, it would probably be time-consuming. Sure. And I would disconnect from the actual reality around me. Right. Um, which I already do sometimes when I get on Facebook anyways yeah so i'm like okay like if, if i can't imagine having with more with more different social media like, platforms yeah, yeah I, I, I would miss so much that's happening around me um i also i think you know i think what it's there are good things about it but again like it can i know for myself too it, it led to a lot the reason i got rid of it was it led to a lot of false comfort right i was like oh like i have three thousand friends on facebook but like how many of these people do I actually write are actually close with me in my life and I was just like and I was spending so much time on Facebook and I was just like I this is bad this is yeah. 
I'm feeling, I'm making myself feel terrible because I'm not getting any sort of validation from a social media platform. Yeah. From people I don't even know. Yeah. So I just, I just stay away from it. I think there's the, like, I don't, I try not to knock people who do it. Right. Um, I remember some, I like you how to be in jeans. Sorry, Prince playing in the background. Uh, <laughs> yes, this is when, this is the time when they start testing the speakers. Yeah, so I, uh, we know it's coming to the end. Yeah, but, but yes, yeah, so, uh, a girl asked me at Phantom once why I don't have social media. And I said, because I'd rather sit out here and talk with you for 20 minutes in person than mm. sit online and not know who you are. Right. And you know, there's a lot of judgment that happens online, uh, not just in terms of what we do, but in general, people feel more prone to have certain conversations online but if you met them in person they would be too afraid to actually speak on those conversations so i'm like if we want to talk politics if we want to talk if we want to debate i think real change happens when you have face-to-face conversations or voice-to-voice conversations um because you're accountable for your words yeah you actually have to say them and not type them right so um so that's those are many a few reasons why i don't Social well, they're all good ones, and I uh, I think it's a very mature decision. I Thanks. think you're a very mature young man. Thank you. You too. And you're also just a great guy, and I'm really glad to get to work with you. I'm young man. <laughs> Thank you, kind sir. I'm, <laughs> right. I'm the blessed one. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. Have a good show tonight. You too. I'll see you out there. Audition side job, swimming upstream. Believe it or not, you're living the dream. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.